Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is your girl, Lady Natasha Daniels, and thank you so much for tuning in on another episode of Go With God podcast. Uh, listen, I'm, I just want to say thank you to everybody for all the love, for all the support that you guys have been giving. Um, it's been really, really good. Uh, more than you guys think and more than you know, uh, I definitely do the best that I can to really ask Holy Spirit, like, what do you want to talk? What do you want me to talk about? What's relevant for now? Uh, and I'm really excited that he's allowed me to do that um, with everyone um, and with everything. Um, this is my first time, like I said, really just kind of talking about different things that have always kind of been on my heart. Um and different things that I feel like the Lord really wants me to share with people. Of course, you know, using myself as an example, how <laughs> I don't get in trouble uh, by anybody or by saying anything to anybody um, or about anybody specifically. But I just want to tell everybody, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't know if y'all can hear my smile, ching, <laughs> but I'm definitely smiling. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it today. Uh, today, I want to talk about a topic that actually might roll into a couple different topics. Um, I definitely think that it's important to talk about because I just feel like there's a lack all across the board, uh, not just in the church sector, but even in the world sector, um, as it relates to standards, responsibilities, and decisions. Um, I feel like they cannot be talked about independent of each other. They are directly correlated with how we handle situations and with what we do and with why, you know, there, there, there are so many different layers to this. So this may end up being more than just uh, one topic. Um, it may be a part one and a part two, but I definitely wanted to kind of kick off with talking about this or at least opening up about it um, today. So let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for everything that you do for us and everything that you are. You are amazing and you are wonderful. Thank you for this moment and thank you for this time. Thank you for those who have been listening, Father, to not really me, but to you to what you want to say to them. I ask that you would continue to be in the midst even today. God, I ask that you would just be here with us as we listen to standards, responsibilities, and decisions. I pray that you would be pleased. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. Standards, responsibilities, and decisions, I feel like is something that is lacking in today's society and today's culture. And I know I already said that, but I, I really need you to hear me because... Um, Sorry, y'all had to get a drink of water. Um, I really feel like it's something that we got to start talking about because we're living in a culture and a society where there's constant blame. Like, it's your fault that I'm not where I need to be. It's your fault I'm not doing what I need to be doing. And I'm not saying that people aren't factors or that there aren't moments and times where that person may be a stumbling block or a hiccup to where it is that you need to go. But it is really imperative that we get to a point where the, self, the the initial evaluation is on you. Like it can't life. This life can't always be about you missed an opportunity because of someone else. Is it ever the fact that adversity and opposition is necessary to push you to where you need to be at? Now, for some of you guys, you like, well, be more specific. Being more specific is, you know, somebody don't like you. They They don't like you. Is that a reason why you didn't do what you did? And if it is, then then when do we get to a point where you have the ability to stop my progress? You have the ability to stop who I'm trying to be, what I'm trying to be, who I'm trying to be. Um, and the Lord's really been dealing with me on that because there is no accountability. 
Nobody takes accountability for what they're doing, why they're doing it. Uh, It's really just a season, a moment, a place in time where we're pointing fingers at each other. And I think that if you're going to grow, if I'm going to grow, if we're going to grow as a culture, if we're going to grow as a society, if we're going to grow as a church, if you're going to grow in your workplace, there has to be a level of this was my part in the offense or this is my part in why it didn't go through. Now I know for some of us, it's like, look, I really do do my due diligence at all times. And honestly, I could say that about 80% of my life because I'm afraid of, of failing. So my fear of failing pushes me sometimes to be over and above, kind of like an overachiever, but I'm not an overachiever to the point where I throw it in people's faces that I was successful at something and they weren't, but it does push my mentality because I've grown up in lack, um, lived a life with, with little to no money, um, haven't always had the opportunities. And even when I did have the opportunities, I didn't make the best of those opportunities. So for me, um, I've, I've, I've kind of learned how to give it my all at all times, but let's be honest. That's not everybody's testimony, but if that is your testimony, there are moments where this topic may seem frustrating because you really feel like it's not you. It's the other people. And I've got something for that because there's something that I had to learn about myself when it came to stuff like this. At the end of the day, you still got to do a self-evaluation on you. All right. So listen, let's go ahead and get into it. So Matthew 25, right? I always give you guys a scripture. Y'all know I got to give you a scripture. Otherwise, it defeats the purpose of Go With God podcast. <laughs> so we got to talk scripture. All right. So Matthew 25, uh, 14 through 30. Not going to read the whole thing. Not going to do that to you. Uh, but this is the story where it talks about the talents. All right. It talks about the 10 talents. Uh, excuse me, not the 10 talents, the five talents, the two talents and the one talent. And I know for some of you guys, y'all going to be like, what does this have to do with anything? Because this has to do with money. The real principle that this has to do with is stewardship. And I think that word is, um, it's, it's only been coined for church. But the truth of the matter is stewardship encompasses standards, responsibilities, and decisions. <laughs> and I'm about to break this down for you guys because I thought it was so interesting in the scripture if you If you don't look at the scripture only from the perspective of money, and if you look at the scripture from perspective of standards, responsibilities, and decisions, I really think it's going to bless your life. All right. So I'm just going to read a couple verses. Uh, Verse 14, it says, um, for it will be like a man on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. So that's number one. That one scripture alone is going to blow your mind. Okay. And then the second scripture I want to kind of get into, um, it goes down to 21. And and if you read it yourself, you'll see that the first servant took the talents that he got multiplied, you know, so the, the master said, great job. Second service is servant is where I'm going to get into. And then the third servant, all right. Cause the second servant has the same principle. Okay. So starting at 21, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. We're going to talk about that too. enter into the joy of your master. And he also had two talents came forward saying, master, uh, I delivered the two talents and I've made you two more. His master said, good job. You did well. All right. So let's drop down to 24. All right. So 24 says, um, and he also had received the one talent came forward saying, master, 
I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, uh, Jesus, and gathering where you scattered no seeds. So I was afraid. I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, here's your stuff back. <laughs> All right. So I, I need to talk about this because I don't think everybody kind of realizes what happened in the scripture. And it sets the tone in 14. 14 says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. The tone of the text tells you there was a man who left where he was from and came to a different country, AKA the parable is showing that, you know, Christ, we leave our eternal abode in glory, right? Cause, cause the Bible says that he knew us before we got in the mother's womb. Correct. That's in Jeremiah. Right. So what that pretty much means is God had a relationship with your spirit before it was clothed in flesh. All right. So stick with me. All right. So with that being said, what he's pretty much saying is, look, we had a conversation. I sent you to another country, AKA earth. Stay with me. When I sent you to earth, I gave you stuff. Ooh. I gave you stuff. All right. So we've talked about this in previous podcasts. So everything that's in you is going to come out of you. And it doesn't mean that God's still working on it in you. No, he sent you with everything that you needed. Ah, stay with me. He sent you with everything that you needed. It's you who are understanding or it's you who are allowing life to reveal what's on the inside of you. All right. <laughs> so what happens here is he pretty much sets this tone in Matthew 25, 14. Look, we was in one country. We was in one spot. We went down to another country, AKA earth. I sent you guys with stuff. And so now everybody seems to the five, person with the five talents seem to know what to do with his stuff. The person with the two talents seemed to know what to do with his stuff. The person with the one talent. <laughs> he, he, he thought he knew what to do with his stuff. All right. So let me take this because y'all see where I'm about to go. Let me take this and let me make it. Let me, let me, let me bridge the gap on what does this have to do with standards, responsibilities, and decisions? When you decide who you are and what you are going to be, that is the standard that you are going to live up to. In other words, in our culture and in our society, the problem as to why I can't hold a standard or people are having a hard time holding a standard is because I don't know who I am. Oh man. So the way that it initially goes, right? If you wanted to, to break this down from standards, responsibilities and decisions, it goes identity, ownership, and seed. Stay with me here. All right. I'm trying not to preach, preach. Cause I'm gonna talk about myself too today. Identity, ownership, and seed. Identity is equivalent to standard, right? There is going to be a standard or a level, a quality that I'm looking to obtain. It's an idea or a measure. It's a model that I'm trying to obtain. That's identity. So you asking me, how do I figure? That's identity because if I don't know who I am, I have nothing to look toward. Oh, man. I have absolutely nothing to gauge the way I should be living. I'm going to go with whatever identity I want at that moment. All right. So stick with me. So ownership that has to do with responsibility. So responsibility is understanding that here's my duty, right? Because I made a standard. I, I picked who I want to be. I want to be a basketball player. All right. So as a basketball player, this is my identity. And here's the standard. The standard is that I need to go to the gym. I need to work out. 
I need to keep my body right. I need to do this, 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 and that. That's the standard in order for me to maintain being an athlete. Okay. So I used to play basketball. I know some of y'all look at me like she got around. You sure? Yes, I did. I actually was very, very good at basketball. Uh, I broke records and everything. I was very good at basketball. And that's a truth. One of the things when it comes to basketball is that I did not know at that time is I was a great shooter (laughs) and I was a great ball handler. Was not that good on defense because I didn't like to run. But it's one of them sports where it's like, how are you not going to like to run when that's 95% of the sport? I don't know. I, I just, you know, I actually, I do know. I do know. I had an incident where I could not breathe anymore. I was running and I could not breathe anymore. And I was diagnosed with asthma. And ever since then, I've had a fear. And we're going to break that today. Hallelujah. I've had a fear of running and losing my breath. I could swim. I could do everything. But when it comes to running, knowing that I'm going to get winded scares me. Um, And so we'll talk about that at another time. Um, But that is one of the standards that I refused to hold in order to be the best basketball player that I could be. So what is the point of me saying that? What happened was I wanted to be a basketball player. That was my identity. That was my standard. They gave you a list. You need to go to the gym. You need to eat right. You need to work out. This, 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 and that. As good of a basketball player as as I was, the second part is ownership. I did not hold up to my end of the responsibility and making sure that my body was in physical condition to be able to handle where I wanted to go. Stay with me. So what was happening was I was a great shooter. I know I'm coming down your street, right? Because it sounds familiar. Think about an area in your life. You're great at talking. You're great at being an orator. You're great at making people feel good. But that's not all of the standards that you're supposed to be holding. So for me, I'm continuing to use myself. I was great at ball handling. I was great at dribbling. I was great at shooting. I could do any type of crossover. I did crazy moves. I could do everything. But because my conditioning was not up to par, they could not trust me to go the distance of the game. Jesus. I was great at clutch. But the longevity of the game, they could not trust me with because they were nervous I would get too winded to be able to keep up. Now, stay with me. I, at my age, did not understand that. I needed them to just trust that I could do it. But can I help you? I did not hold up my end of the responsibility, right? This is ownership. I did not make sure that I created opportunities for them to trust me. They trusted me being clutch. They trusted me at the end of the game if we were in a full court press. Who could dribble past a full full court press? Now, anybody who knows anything about basketball, the way to beat a press, a full court press, is by passing. It's not dribbling. And somebody might be like, why you say that? Because the ball travels faster than you do. So the idea is to create gaps in a full court press. That way you can toss the ball through the gaps. However, they knew I was a good ball handler. So whether it was throwing or anything, there was not many traps that competition could keep me in. So there were areas that they could trust me in, but not every area. And then decisions. Decision was, I'm not going to condition myself. I'm not going to stick to the standard and I'm going to blame asthma for why I'm not going to stick to the standard. And the decision then was for Natasha Daniels that I'm only going to do what I'm good at. All right. I hope I'm helping you today. I'm only going to do what I'm good at. I'm not going to work on the weak 
areas of my life. I'm, because I feel like if I work on the weak area of my life, it's going to lose time. So let me help you with that. Decisions create seeds. In other words, decision and seed are equivalent. Based on my decision, what ended up happening to me in the 11th grade was that they would pull me from JV to play varsity, but they would never put me in varsity unless it was clutch. They would never put me in varsity unless it was a situation where they needed three pointers to be made. If it was a close game of running back and forth, they might put me in the game. But if the team was quicker and if they were better conditioned, they would never put me in the game. It broke my heart at 16 and 17 years old because I did not understand why my talent was not good enough. And it wasn't that my talent was not good enough. It was that I never showed them that I could manage or handle the longevity of a game at that level. Oh my gosh. And this is liberating for me because those who know me know I wasn't trying to be no pastor. I wasn't trying to be no pastor's wife. I really was trying to play basketball and keep up with my homie Ivy. What's up, Ivy? I hope you're listening. I know she is. I was trying to keep up with with Ivy. Me and Ivy had it all planned out that we was going to be um, Shaq and Kobe. You know, I called her Yao Ming. You know what I mean? And I was just a little point guard. We, We were good. We were very good together. And... At that time, I felt like they were picking on me. Now, it doesn't mean that there weren't some things that were going on, but I needed to take ownership for something that I was not ready at that age to take ownership for. Here's the kicker, because I felt as though they should accept whatever I gave them. Because I knew I was better than 90% of the team, but there was a flaw in me that I would not rectify. Now, I did attempt to, because I did play field hockey. I know y'all learn a lot. I did play field hockey because I wanted... (laughs) Looking back on it, I tried, but I did not give it my all. So I tried field hockey, and that is the fall, right before winter basketball. I tried field hockey, and when I tried field hockey, those who know, I ended up being the goalie. So the goalie don't do as much work as as the wings and as the runners and stuff like that. You know, I ran my laps, but I didn't do as much because I'm I'm, I'm a goalie. And looking back on it, I did do something, but it wasn't enough to match the basketball player that I felt as though I wanted to be. So let me tie it all in for you. I had a career. My career required a standard, right? After the standard, I said, yes, this is the standard that I'm going to live up to so I can be this thing. But what ended up happening was there were responsibilities that I would not take ownership for. And because I would not take ownership for them, there were decisions that were made that directly impacted me and indirectly impacted me. So I spent most of my time after basketball because I ended up quitting basketball. It was the first time I quit something. And it hurt. It hurt. I was the best basketball player until I got to the 11th grade. And it wasn't even that I wasn't good. It was there was an area of my life I would not submit my talent to. Out of fear, I would not submit my talent to it. I couldn't do it. And the decision that was made was I could continue to play my senior year and potentially run the risk of not being allowed to play all of the varsity games the way I wanted to play it. Or I could push past that fear 
and show them why I needed to play varsity the way that I wanted to play varsity. Because it wasn't that I wasn't on varsity 10th and 11th. They would sit me varsity. And my decision was to quit. And I hope this is helping somebody because I'm almost finished. It was in my decision to quit that I stopped picking up a basketball. And when I stopped picking up a basketball, slowly but surely, I would play with little leagues here and there after high school. I ended up coaching my senior year. I coached the freshman team my senior year. And then I played a little bit, you know, here and there. But to this day, I suffer with getting out and running. And because I don't want to run, I've gained weight. I have become much bigger, unhealthy. People don't even know I used to play basketball. I... And I'm not necessarily saying that the only way to lose weight was running, but I need you to see what happens with fear when I want to be something, but I don't want the responsibility of it. And the seed that gets planted or the decision that is now made, I'm walking around blaming everybody else and everything else for the decision that I made. And can I help you today? You can't do that. You cannot walk around living your life blaming everybody else, no matter how good you are, for why you did not get past that hurdle. And everybody's got a different hurdle. Everybody's got a different hurdle and everybody has to learn to make a decision. And I'm not your your judge, jury, or executioner to tell you what decision should be the right decision. I'm simply saying whoever you say you're going to be, you got to be that person. Because there is a list of responsibilities. There's a list of standards that you have to live up to. There are responsibilities that you have to hold on to. And then there are decisions that you have to make to plant seeds for your tomorrow. And as people, if we don't start growing up and saying, yes, I want to be a dad. Yes, I want to be a mom. Here are the responsibilities that come with it. I'm going to manage and handle all of those responsibilities. And the decision is because that's what I'm going to do. There's going to be good seed that follows. If you don't start getting that in your head, you're going to walk around being like the one I didn't forget the scripture text. The one said, listen, I knew you to be a hard man. The Bible says that he told him reaping where you had not sown. And out of fear, I chose to hide my talent. So now let me bring all the scripture in so that way we could be done for today. All right, y'all ready? The scripture is pretty much saying, I did not do my part because of my perception of what you would do and who you were. I could not fulfill my assignment. I could not witness. I could not love. I could not forgive. I could not be accountable. I could not hold the standard. I could not do anything because of my perception of you. Truth of the matter is I saw what you did and I saw who you are. And I honestly knew that, you know, you, you, you want your return to be a specific way. So because you want your return to be a specific way and I don't feel adequate to be able to do that for you, I'm just going to make sure that I keep what you gave me safe. Oh, man. In other words, it doesn't matter what I do, right? Because you got the other two. You got the one with the five who just doubled, and you got the one with the two that just doubled. You don't need my little bit. Ooh, I've looked at the scripture for so long, and I've only equated it to money, and then occasionally I equated it to stewardship. 
But I never really took into account the third person because God is so displeased with him and calling him lazy and everything. And I'm not I'm not arguing the text, but I really need you to understand his perspective, because that's a lot of us in here. That's a lot of us here listening to this podcast. Everybody else is multiplying their talent. Everybody else is multiplying what God gave me for this country, a.k.a. Earth. I left heaven with all this stuff inside of me. And I got here to earth and I said, you know what? I'm going to just hang on to it. I'm not going to give it to anybody else. I'm not going to expose it to the rest of the world because the person who gave it to me, I know they're going to want a return, but I'm too inadequate to provide the right return. Jesus in here. I don't know who I'm talking to or who's listening. Can I help you? It is not up to you to determine how adequate you think that you are because opposition came your way, AKA fear came your way and told you that you was a nobody. I want you to pay attention to the text. Once again, it's Matthew chapter 25, 14 through 30. Nobody told him he was inaccurate, inaccurate, inadequate. Jesus, nobody told him that he couldn't do it, but something happened to the third man that in his head, the perception of the one who gave him the gift and his own fears forced him to hide what he was supposed to multiply. Hallelujah. I don't know who I'm talking to. So for me, my disposition of not wanting to ride that JV bench forced me to come out of basketball, which is something that I loved. The truth of the matter is, and this is the part I wanted to get to, I wanted to play basketball because I wanted to be the first girl in the NBA. I know some of you are probably going to laugh, but that was my dream. I have always felt like the stigma between men and between women. Yes, while I understand we're different, it does not make one species better than the other one. If anything, our weaknesses together and our strengths together make us compatible That if we would just work together, we could be everything that the earth needs. That was my philosophy at 16 years old. And I stopped playing basketball because I refused to do my part. I felt as though everybody should just accept me the way that I was because I was good enough to win games. But the truth of the matter is I was not good enough to go the distance in the game. My defense would start slacking. I couldn't get up and down the court. There were things that I would not admit about my own flaws so that I could be better. So instead, I walked off that team in the 11th grade. 12th grade, I never came back. Instead, I went into teaching basketball. And I use that as an example because I need to ask you, what is it that you're stopping in your life because it didn't go right? It's not going right what did you stop in your life because you promised to be something and or to be someone and when all the chips start falling and when opposition comes you bail on what you promised that you would be I came to encourage you that yeah maybe that guy's story in the text didn't turn out right but I honestly believe his story didn't turn out right because of his own fears and perception. The Bible never says how long it took for the master to come back. And I don't know, maybe we're reading two different texts, but it doesn't say. 
He had time to get it together. He had time to work through his issues. He had time to work through his fears. He had time to work through it and he chose not to. He literally hid what God gave him. And when he came back, blamed God for why I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z. How many of us have been there? You need another example from me? Fine. When it came to, to pastoring, being a first lady, that wasn't the life that I wanted. And for a very, very long time, I blamed God and made everything seem as if you calling me to something I have no training in. You're calling me to something that I never said I really wanted to do. But the truth of the matter is I signed up for this life the moment that I decided to stay with Jasper. It was no secret who he was and what he wanted. I couldn't have him and not have purpose. I couldn't have him and not have the dream and not have the vision that God gave him. But a lot of times that's what happens with us. I want part of the vision. Or I want part of it. I want the woman. I want the wife. I want the husband. I want the kid. I want this. But I don't want the responsibility. Ooh, I, I, I want this and I'm making a decision that this is the standard I want. But I'm not going to live up to that standard. I'm not going to live up to any of it. I'm going to bail when it gets too hard because nobody told me all of this. But the truth, when you signed up to be a wife, it was no secret what the expectation was. They tell you at the altar what the expectation is. They may not tell you the details because everybody's detail on what sickness and health is, is going to be different. But those are oath and vows that you made. When it comes to being a child of God or a pastor or a minister or an elder or you in the workplace, they make you sign contracts. This is the standard and you're owning, you signing your name, making a decision is you owning the fact that this is going to be my role and this is my responsibility. And guess what happens? You get fired when you don't live up to your end of the bargain. So why have we created this culture that nobody has to live up to their end of the bargain? I can do very little and it won't matter much. I could do the bare minimum. You want to know why? Because it's easier to blame somebody else for why you never arrived than to admit that you never arrived. And I believe that the purpose of this podcast, even though, even though it's called Standards, Responsibilities, and Decisions, or we're talking about standards, responsibilities, and decisions, the truth of the matter is you need to get up. And I know for some of you guys, like, yo, she pray. I'm not, I'm not trying to preach. I'm trying to encourage you that you need to get up because somebody's going to come knocking on your door, no matter what religion you believe in, no matter what you believe in life, happiness is going to come knocking on your door and ask, how come you aren't happy? Why are you always miserable and sad? Jesus is going to come knocking on your door and say, what did you do with what I gave you? Any of your other religions or any of those other religions that are out there that are listening to me, I'm not downplaying it. I just don't know all of them. I know some, but not all of them. You're going to have to answer for what you did, what energy you put on the earth, what you did with your purpose, what you did with your time. You're going to have to answer for that. And my question to you is, is it worth it to hide what you've been given? Is it worth it to spend all of your life blaming other people or is it worth it? Because you're going to be miserable, right? Or is it worth it to finally start building a life that even you can be proud of? Is it worth finally building a life that you can finally be happy with? And I don't know about you, but I choose the latter. I finally have forgiven myself for 
not only missing moments in basketball, but missing a whole bunch of moments. Because one thing Natasha Daniels does her best not to do is live in regret. There may be moments here and there where you have a thought, but I want to be able that when I close my eyes the last time, I have no regrets. And so I challenge all of you today that when you decide who you want to be and what you want to be, live by it. Every day is not going to be sunny. And yeah, there are things that only you can do. You can't blame anybody else for those things. They're your responsibilities. But keep making the right decisions. One of the things that I want to leave with you guys today is when it talked about um, and the word became flesh. I thought that is such a powerful scripture because it really speaks to the fact that not only did Jesus, the word become flesh, but I believe if you keep talking something long enough, it will manifest naturally. So my question now is what are you manifesting naturally in your life? Are you ready to take ownership? Are you ready to be everything that God called you to be? Are you ready to find out your identity standard? You want to be a chef? Fine, that's who you are. You're a chef. That's your identity. That's the standard. Are you ready to take ownership, a.k.a. responsibility? This is who I am, and these are all the things that I need to do to continue to be my best. And the decisions that you make, the action or the process of deciding something and resolving something, those are seeds. I'm resolving within myself that I'm going to be a chef of a specific restaurant. I'm going to do, I'm going to be a better wife. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to X, Y, and Z. These are all the things that I'm going to do. And with every decision, there is a seed that's planted. And all I want to know is, are you ready for that type of life? Because I believe that you are. If only two people listen to this podcast or if a thousand people listen to this podcast, what I'm trying to get you to understand and what I'm trying to get you to see is the power does not rest or reside in anybody else but you. You have to know your identity. You have to take ownership for who you are and you have to start using your life to plant seeds, not just for your life, but for those around you. Do not be like the third man and hide your talent and then blame somebody for why you made that choice I never looked at the text from that perspective I always focused on the fact of he got thrown you know you know he was scared no no no. he wasn't just scared but he actually had the audacity to blame other people for why he didn't do something the perception of what type of master he served guess what he should never have agreed to the talents oh Jesus He should have never agreed to the talents. In other words, those who do things secularly, I'll take what you got from me, but I'm not giving it back to you. I'm not serving you with these things. And there's an account for that. It's up to you all of the decisions that you make. And decisions, as quiet as it's kept, all belong to you. Nobody else makes decisions for you. And I know for some of you, it's like, yes, they do. Honestly, no, they don't. They present a reward or a consequence when it comes to a decision. And nine times out of 10, I go with a reward because the punishment is not as great as a consequence, but the decision is still yours. That is a lesson, a maturity lesson I had to learn. Telling the truth and telling a lie, telling a lie will allow there to be a sweeter or a softer consequence because it's not the full truth that can hurt somebody. But when I decide to tell the truth, knowing the pain, that's a decision that I make. I make decisions 
Nobody else does. I do. And I pick my decisions based on which is the less of the two evils. I challenge everybody who's listening today on this podcast. Grow up, get up and give your stuff to not just God, but give your life to make sure that you fulfill it to the fullest. Live a good life, live a healthy life, live a strong life because you need it. We need it. We need you. And to the one that keeps battling with the fact of, you know, I'm not significant or I'm an insignificant individual. The devil is a liar. (laughs) That's what he wants you to believe because you are not insignificant. (laughs) You have to understand the devil's nature. All he does is tell lies. So if he tells you you're insignificant, he's lying. Oh, man, I'm like clapping. (laughs) Let me get off this podcast. So listen, I hope that you guys have been listening and I hope that you enjoyed it premise of what I'm trying to say is that we need you don't let fear and opposition keep pulling you away from you being the standard you being responsible and you making the decisions that God has called you to don't hide your stuff don't hide who you are don't blame other people for why you didn't arrive get up and arrive at the place that God called you to amen father God we thank you so much for this moment and for this time I thank you so much for sharing I thank you so much for downloading I pray God that somebody is touched that they would be able to move past all of their insecurities and all of their fears and that they would decide to be everything that you called them to be because they can do it they're strong and they're courageous they're smart they're brilliant they're faithful they can multiply anything God that you gave them And so I ask right now in the name of Jesus that a spirit of confidence will begin to rise up in your people that they would know and that they would see who and what you are. For that, Father, we say thank you. We honor you. We bless you. And we adore you in Jesus' name. Amen. So listen, guys, this podcast was a little long. I actually may break it up into into two segments. Actually, I probably will break it up into two segments. And like I said, this is going to run into some other stuff. It's going to run into some stuff about jealousy. Ooh, jealousy is jealousy is huge. It's running rampant all over the world, uh, but also insecurities. We got to talk about both of those things. Um, and I want to see you guys healed. I want to see you guys whole. But I'm also like I said, I'm always going to be talking about myself, too, because I've dealt with that. I may not always want to admit it, but there have been moments in my life where I've dealt with jealousy. And there are moments in my life where I've dealt with insecurities and still dealing with that stuff sometimes. So I want to make sure that you guys get everything that you need. But look, I love you. I'm going to go ahead and get off. I've been on here for a while. Um, Listen, if you guys can, please, please, please make sure you're sharing. Make sure that you're reviewing. Make sure that you're subscribing. Y'all, I'm on Pandora. That is huge. Uh, Pandora took about six weeks to two months to to actually get the podcast on there. Anybody knows anything about Pandora? uh, It's a huge platform. Um. Of course, Apple is the biggest platform, you know, and I'm thankful for that. But they really do just let anybody on Apple. Pandora is selective. So, you know, the reason why I celebrate with each platform that I'm getting on is because it has different people and different types of listeners. Um, And so if you're listening, thank you so much for for being a part of the Go With God Nation. Um, I love all of you guys. As always, if you can have any comments, questions, please hit me up. GWGpodcast at Yahoo.com. I love you guys so much. Um, thank you guys once again, but please comment, share, subscribe, uh, Spotify, Apple, um, Google, Pandora, uh, you name it. It's there. Uh, I'm there. Make sure you're sharing with your family and your friends. Cause we got a lot of stuff that we need to talk about. We got a lot of stuff we need to chip away at. Um, but also I want to hear from you guys. So please make sure that you do that. All right. Love you all. And remember in all things, make sure that you go with God. Music.